Hey, y'all, thanks for tuning in to the Weird One Podcast. This space, it's a collection of talks ranging anywhere from sermons from our ministry, creative thoughts, breakout sessions at things like Weird One Conference, as well as some inside scoops on leadership. We hope it helps you. If you want to keep up to date with everything Weird One, you can go to weareoneyouth.com or follow us on social at WAO Youth. We hope you're blessed. Okay, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to kind of ask the question, and then unless, I mean, somebody added Vince on here. It was like, at Vince. Like, not like, it was like that, like, Instagram at Vince. It's at Vince L. Parker, I think, right? That's it. There at it Vince is. Vince L. Parker. And what is it? At John W. Rush. Yeah. At, at Project I've, W. Key. Yeah, that's my new thing. Yeah. But my personal, I have, I have reported the at John Rush a million times on Instagram. He doesn't post anymore. He hasn't posted in years. Instagram won't deactivate his account, so pray for me. Because you want the name? I want the name. Yeah, I hate that. I hate that. He doesn't use, if, if he used it, I wouldn't care. I'm like, let another John Rush flex, but he literally doesn't use it. I, I literally found his family on Facebook. Really? Uh-huh. Did you, like, threaten them or? No, I offered them money. <laughs> I don't have much, but I, I was like, hey, I'm a pastor. I'm trying to use this Instagram handle for ministry. And I know. I always I found, do that, too. They're like, yeah, don't care. So can I say the one member of his family that has responded to me, her name is Princess Barrett. Can I send you guys her Instagram, and can you appeal to her with me, please? <laughs> just everyone at once. She just... says, I've tried to contact my cousin, and he won't get back to me. I don't believe her. So if we all get Princess on it. I know where he lives. Hey, something, Sorry. I, something I was going to say, though, he started this like YouTube channel and Instagram and all that, Project W Key. And not only, as a good friend, I've watched all of your videos and liked them. Yeah. But it actually gives you kind of like some insight. Here's my thing. John is a little more uh, in tune with what's happening in culture than I am. Uh, what's with, like, what like students are talking about and stuff like that. So what was that guy's name? Andrew... Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate. Most Googled man in 2022. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was, I was busy studying the word has of God. More youth in his, uh, has no. more youth in his ministry than a youth pastor in yes, America. Yes, it's true. And so he's he, Muslim. Yes, here's the, yes that's, I'm getting to that. Here's the point. All of my group knew who it was, and I didn't. That's a problem. So, sorry, I'm going to go back to this session. It's not a problem if you're older in youth ministry, but it is a problem if you have no idea what's going on. You don't have to be the one to do it all. You just have to make sure you have people around you that are doing it. Yeah. Okay? So this is what it taught me. Not only one, I'm tuning into that because you're talking about things that people are actually talking about, so I know how to speak to it. And, but also, I learned off of that how to have conversations with my students to learn things. I'm like, okay, what else do I not know right now? And so I keep them around me and keep them talking. And they'll even, here, I'll give you, like, something I do. It, I'm not saying it pops off for me. I'm not going to say it will for you. But they'll give me, like, uh, like, the most, I don't know, relevant culturally popping phrase that goes out, like, the next week. And they'll give it to me. And I'll just, like, insert it as if I know exactly what I'm talking about in the message. The room goes ballistic. What was that? Oh, W. Riz. Yeah. I didn't know what. Do you guys know what W. Riz is? It's derived from the word charisma. Yes. And it is a shorthand term to describe, in general, the in, way that a young general. man... Yes. Can, and can grab the attention and general. of a young lady. But what I said was what I said is I talked about Jesus in the tomb. And I said he was in there. I go one, two, three, and then I made a W, and I go W Riz. Like that, and the place just like started shaking a little bit. And then I go, sorry, I said that wrong, W Risen. And I went like that. Hey! And dude, the whole place popped okay, up. That's funny. But something, I'm just, that's a side note. Something yeah. like Project W Key I think is actually very, yeah, it's very helpful. Okay, let's just start asking some questions. How do you cultivate an environment where we love people and so... And solve problems. And solve problems rather than vice versa. Like, let's talk... We're going to talk very practical now in this Q&A. This is an at Vince, and then you can give thoughts as well. How do you do it? Yeah, uh, in order to love people, you have to make time for people. Uh, most of us don't make time for people, so that's the most practical thing that you can do. And the way you make time for people starts with your calendar. If you don't keep a calendar, you should keep a calendar. Good. Now here's the deal. Most people who need love urgently come out of nowhere. And people go, how do you schedule that? It's simple. On your calendar, you know you average seven hours a week of having to care for people. Block off seven hours every week to care for people. 
Now, on Monday, no one may show up, and you might have booked two hours on Monday. Start on Tuesday's projects. Don't go home and watch Netflix. Like, you have to schedule the time in. And guess what? If that week nothing extra comes along, then you have seven hours to put in more kingdom work or possibly ask your leader, hey, you know what? I'd like to, if I get ahead, can I the next week take a day off and take my family to the zoo? Right? But if you're intentional about it, so you have to schedule it. The next thing is, is when you're looking at creating a system and a process, you need to start with the end results. That's great. Most people start with how do I create a great system and don't care what the results are. They just care if the system works. But if the end result of every system is actually to better love people, then you can't start with, hey, I need to better onboard leaders. So what I'm going to do is every time my leader comes in, uh, they scan this QR code, and the entire thing is automated. And then I just hope they show up one week. Like, I hope they take all the steps in the process. Where in truth, you have to go, hey, if I was a new leader, what would I want to happen for me to help me get connected? Now, I wouldn't want it to be simple and easy, so maybe there should be some kind of QR link that I scan. Yep. But maybe once I do that and I fill out the application, maybe I need to hear from someone personally. So I probably need to contact another leader. Hey, Susie, Bill, Bob, Daquan, would you mind getting a text or it's an a alert? Great from someone when a new leader signs up, and would you mind being the first point of contact that says, reaches out to them and says, hey, congratulations, I'm so excited you signed up to serve. They might be like, oh man, that'd be awesome, thanks for honoring that way. And then, you, then they'll say, what do I do from there? You say, once you contact and you reach out to them, here's three questions, and then just hit submit once you fill this out. Now, all of a sudden, you're still removed from the process, but kind of like the, the 3DX, 30X thing. You've trained someone else up yep. along the way. They're feeling honored that you've invited them to be more part of the ministry, but you've built a process that shows love, but it keeps all the paperwork in the same place, right? It makes sure that everyone gets a background check. You do all the things that you want to do with your process, but you started with the question of, Hey, because you could have just kept it simple, right? There are places where you, the only way you can serve, you never talk to a human being. You just fill it out and you're like, I don't, like people get lost in the system, right? But that's because you built a process and a system's a process. But the thing is, is we're not like MasterCard. Yeah. Like it's not a numbers game. Yeah. It's about people. And so you've got to ask the question. And so again, a, love people, you have to give them time. Yeah. So put time on your calendar. So in your, like right on my calendar every Tuesday, it says text youth pastors. It's a two and a half hour block. All I do is just start texting youth pastors about whatever. What's going on? How you doing? Is it a good day today? The old system was I used to text them at 6 a.m., Monday morning. Yeah. Most of them weren't even awake. I was going to say, I ain't ready for that text. They would start responding to me later in the day. And once I'm out of texting mode, then I was, it's a wrap. Like, it's like, uh, and then like the next day, it'd be like, I got 20 unread messages. Now, my intentionality was good. But my follow-up was horrible. So I created a system that was designed around my needs. It's like, hey, I can text y'all in between sets while I'm at the gym or I'm on the treadmill. Mm. No one responded until like five hours later when I'm in heavy work mode. Now, the idea was to love people, but it was still a bad system because when I asked them for feedback, one of the things people were saying was like, hey, I know Vince cares about us. But every time he texts me at 6 a.m. on a Monday, it just feels like an automated text because he never responds. So I had to change it up. And now I don't text as many, right? It's like five or six people over a two-and-a-half-hour window. 
where I just engage with them back and forth. And I even, when those who don't respond in two and a half hours, at the end of the two and a half hours, I just say, hey, man, well, I just want to know, I was just reaching out because I want to know how I can pray for you, so just hit me up later or give me a call or a shout back. So they realize, like, hey, I've kind of left the conversation. Now you're like, well, Vince, ain't you got the little dot things? No, as we know, I'm an, I'm an Android person, so that's probably why a lot of people don't call me that much anyway. I know. See, I saw no, what you did, bro. I saw it. No, it's at true. the corner I, of my I, eye. I didn't. I would say two things off of that really quick, and we can kind of, I want to try to get through as many questions, but off of that, number one, Carrie Newhoff talks about this. You schedule everything in your calendar, like everything. The only way you're ever going to finally get family time, it, I'm saying when you're grinding at a level where you're going and you're building something and you got a big vision, the only way you're going to get it is if you schedule it. The only way I'm ever going to get with my wife is if I finally schedule it. And she actually, she goes in my calendar and does it for me, like to, just to make sure she's going to get the time. Um, but you have, you put everything in, like everything he's talking about, you schedule. I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do stuff because you have to, pri like what I did is I set up my week. So on Monday, this is how I focus. On Tuesday, this is when I study. Wednesday, like I, I set those focuses so I execute them or you never will. If it's just your kind of each day, just whatever kind of the day brings, that's exactly what you'll do. It's whatever the day brings. You have to decide what the day is going to bring ahead of time. The second thing I'd say, you just kind of said it nonchalant, but Y'all know that, like, I want to make sure background checks are, like, super necessary. So the reason I can be in here with you right now with 100% confidence and all our volunteers can run uh, is because they all have background checks, and I can legitimately trust them with your students because I know you're trusting me with that, and I got to make sure that I can trust them. I know this because we did a background check on somebody one time, and they were wanted by the FBI, and they were coming here to try to serve. So please, like, that's just like a side note, mm. but with what you're talking about children and youth, you have to be so diligent with those things to protect, especially now with bathroom gender reversal, like all the crazy stuff happening in our generation, you have to be very on top of this stuff. Yeah, just quick thoughts on calendaring. There's a app service called Calendly. It's very, it's free. And essentially what it does is you create a profile and a link and you can create a custom blockings. And so you could literally make one that says like, get time with pastor so-and-so and it syncs with your calendar and you send a link and people can see what you've made available and they just click it and it adds it to your calendar. And, I, and you have to overcome the feeling that that somehow feels impersonal. No, you know what feels impersonal? You being late, you canceling, you not showing up. That's what I, but I've had, I've had to overcome that. It feels so big time to be like, yeah, here's my calendar app, but it just helps. It just helps. And so now my leaders know I literally, all my leaders have a link. If they ever need me, what it also does is sometimes people say they need time for you, but either they don't know why or they don't really need it. So now I put it in the hands of my team to know, hey, if you need to get time with me, here, here's a link, and, but I control what's available. So if I have two hours blocked out to do a project, that doesn't come up on the app. Uh, second thing is I hope what you hear, what's happening here is you can't let people get lost in the system, but understand this, if you don't have a system, people will get lost, okay? Um, and then uh, third, when you were talking about um, uh, designing the system with the end in mind, that is so brilliant because we oftentimes don't do that. We had a problem at Elevation Youth where we have now since shifted to having Wednesday night youth ministry. All of our teens, leaders, and groups meet at the campus on Wednesday night. That's recent. And uh, when I got there, um, we had been doing small groups. And so we had this great system on the front end to sign people up to groups. And so when you're in the web meeting, you're like, oh, my gosh, look at all these profiles. And it's got Timmy's name and Susan. And they meet at this coffee shop and Tuesday and Thursday and Wednesday. And, and what I observed through experience, and that's the other thing, too. you got to see the systems work in action to really see how they are. In a meeting, it means nothing. you got to see how it works. What I was seeing is we designed the system with the beginning in mind, not the end. Because our end goal is that students attend youth ministry and meet a leader and meet friends, not that they fill out a link on Sunday. And what we were seeing is a high amount of people um, filling out a link, but a low amount of people showing up. And one of the things that we realized is what seemed convenient to us was chaotic to a mom signing up their middle schooler who also has a high schooler. Okay, it's great that Suzanne has a group on Thursday, but the middle school leader boy has it on Tuesday. So that's just a practical example for y'all is like, don't just test it and how... Church people were so guilty being like, it sounded good in the meeting. I pitched the vision. How does it affect the everyday people um, of our church? Fourth thing is I really want to encourage you guys to check out the resource Ministry Safe. Ministry Safe, Ministry Safe. It's something we're going through with all of our teams. They specialize in creating safe environments to help churches, specifically churches, um, uh, uh, mitigate the amount of uh, sexual uh, and physical abuse. 
90% of sexual abuse, um, uh, uh, what is the word, criminals, prior to being convicted, would have passed a background check. Okay, that's good. 90% of them. We're just learning this um, at, at, at Elevation. Say that again. 90% of people that have been convicted of sexual abuse of a child, prior to that conviction, would have passed a background check. So and they're so, going to show up on the FBI most wanted list. And, 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 and this, this resource, uh, I, I don't remember the cost offhand, but we're literally rolling it out to every volunteer, every, every staff has to take it because they teach us, a, a, it helps us move beyond a lot of the safety measures we have for kids and students have a lot to do with um, um, even like visual markers or things like background checks. It, it, it really takes it a step deeper and I, I highly encourage you to do that. Another stat from um, that is that one third of child abuse is peer to peer. Um, and so it's not just enough for us to be uh, on the lookout for adults, but it's also uh, it's all about being on the lookout for the culture that we're creating. And so um, that's a huge re ministry safe, ministry safe, ministry safe. Do y'all have what, what do you, have y'all ever done them or what do y'all do? I just uh, took that down. Yeah, it's good. I mean, yeah. We have a lot of stuff in. in yeah. things but we don't yeah. use ministry safe yeah so. it's it's really good and it's made for ch churches so yeah. that's like i it. mean and, and let's be honest like that is what we see that's where the culture is headed like our culture is accepting pedophilia and all these things step by step it's becoming normalized it's becoming okay they're trying to adjust bathroom like i would even tell you we've made a if, if you uh have any sort of like constitution and bylaws or anything like that set up with your church you need to really look at them. You can contact our office. We have adjusted all of ours to protect us currently from a lot of the different things going on. Now, again, we stand our toes because every time they pass a new law to find a loophole around us, we keep adjusting. We have to protect the church to be the church of Jesus Christ. We have to protect it. We're not against the world, but we have to make sure we protect like what, what God has given us. And We're so, against the spirit and culture of the world, but not the people who are in it. Yes, absolutely. One, one last thing, hyper-practical to answer that question mm -hmm. is, because this is a rut that I've realized that I've fallen in, is when it comes to how do you value the people over projects, answering the question, how many volunteer teams do you have whose primary responsibility is caring for people versus executing projects? Yes. I've noticed with myself, the first people I text Huge. to go send on projects yep. are my best leaders yep. because I know they'll do it, but my best leaders are also the ones that have the most people to care for. So an example of a team we have at Elevation at all of our campuses is called Care Team, and they're a team of people that they're almost like deacons. They, 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 it's a very hard team to get on. Yep. They're normally people who are older, um, and they hold the keys to um, when someone needs counseling, when someone needs prayer. Now they'll, they, and they also know when to pull a pastor in. So they have keys to the pastors as well to be like, when I get a text from Miss Terry who runs our care team at Elevation Ballantyne, I know I need to go. They, they have the keys to hook up people with counseling, benevolence, helping pay for rent. So, but Miss Terry's not setting up chairs. And so sometimes we need to really audit how much of our best people are focused on projects. Because if you're telling them whatever you celebrate and whatever you direct is what's going to be executed in your ministry. I would just say practically too off of that, if you look in that brand guide, this is just how we do it. But it's something that a lot of people ask me about, like, how's your leadership structure set up and all these different things? And I know you give a lot of thoughts. Um, maybe we'll do a podcast on it when you hear what about like the, the hands and the heart, the head and the heart, all that stuff. Like we should do that in the podcast so they can know about yeah, it. Yeah, we're doing but, it tomorrow. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, but I was going to say, we have a system with our leaders to figure out what people's roles are and, and not try to cross that over as much as possible. So they go from VLs to MLs to PLs to DLs and that's all explained in the brand, brand guide. But what he just talked about was, he called it care team, we call it discipleship leaders. Their function is to disciple a face-to-face -face discipleship, taking students out, going to their games, stuff like that. Program leaders, PLs, much like men, men when they're together, they do everything kind of side by side while they're working, talking, working on the car, playing video games, whatever. Program leaders are the ones side by side discipling while students are with them running the ministry. So they're discipling, but they're not taking them out and discipling them that way. And we have it set in place so the training period and the process, it can take you at least three years to even become a DL. It, you don't get there quick because we make sure you know the culture, you know the expectation. We've trained you because there are DLs are an extension of, of like pastoring, shepherding. That's what they're doing. So you put that the wrong person in that place too quickly, they'll burn you. I promise you.
develop your leaders. Don't just be like, I need to get more of my play. I got to put people. You put the wrong people in the wrong places, it hurts you more than it helps you, and you have to do more work now to try to fix it. I could give you some horror stories, but I won't. You can do it, okay? Like, I have horror stories because I've set bad systems up to try to take work off my plate, and I've actually created more work trying to fix it. Same. And so I've learned now to, you want to test people before you trust people. And before you can entrust people, you better make sure you can trust people. What is not tested can't be trusted. So make sure that they can be trusted and then they can be entrusted. So that, that's another story, but if you have any questions, that's in the brand guide. Maybe we'll talk about it on the podcast. Let me keep asking. At Vince. Yes. That's you. At L, Vince L. Parker. How do you know when to push back when leadership goes, yeah, we ain't doing that? And how do you know when to move on? I already know your answer, I think, but I want to hear you say it. I wouldn't use the word pushback. I would use these terms, lead up and ask better questions. Because most of the times, this is going to happen. You're going to sit in here and you're going to hear something. You're going to be excited. And you're going to run back to your leader or your lead pastor and be like, hey, let's do A. But in truth, you probably haven't had a conversation with your leader or your lead pastor about the heart of the church and where they're going. You just know your mission statement really well. But if you go back and you say, hey, I have a question, okay? So I'll give you the example. We do a, a conference, but it's only for our youth leaders. Uh, so it's for like a small percentage of people at the campus. It's a year-round program we call it Capacity. And the reason I went to my leadership and said, hey, I'd like to open this up to other churches is I was going big and spending money, and they were like, hey, and I was like, hey, well, we invited the churches, you know, we offset the cost, and it'd be really cool, and blah, 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 and they were like, yeah, we don't do that, we don't do conferences, and I was like, oh, okay, um, why don't we do conferences, and they were like, A, we do five things, you know what those are, and I was like, yeah, yeah, kids, youth, missions, groups, we can experience, okay, cool, why don't we do that, well, staff, this, that, okay, very good, okay, thanks for your information, uh, I think I missed something. I Is there a financial problem, something going on? They're like, no, but we're intentional about how we spend money. Oh, okay. Help me better understand what that looks like in the context of putting on this youth event. Because like every time we launch a new location out of state and I have to fly 10 kids into this event, my cost goes way up. Right? Like if a kid drives in from down the street, hardly any additional cost, whatever. And he goes, part of the constraints is that you get to figure that out. How can you be more intentional about what that looks like? And because I ask questions, I begin to understand, oh, okay. But most of the times what we do is we don't ask questions and we don't lead up in a way that shows we are honoring our leadership. So... Will I ever probably be able to open our conference to other churches? No, but because I ask questions, I have a better understanding of what's going on. I have more clear vision of why we don't do that because I had never asked the question. I just knew we didn't do conferences as a church. But I also know that our heart of our churches, we're all about the capital C church. And man, if you ever come to our church and you're like, hey, I want ABC, man, come on in, we got you. Our church has a, a resource center. Our church equips other churches with it. We do all kinds of things. And they're like, hey, God's just not called us to give back that way. Yeah. And so you had to have that, that understanding. Now, if it's something you believe in, here's the thing. Sometimes what God gives you is just a piece of the puzzle. Mm. And you, what you got is blue sky, green grass. And you're trying to force green grass and blue sky to go together, and there's a whole bunch of pieces in between. And there's a difference between letting something go or saving it for later. It's great. So true. Sometimes you will get permission to do something because of the wins or the points you've put on the board for your church. They just begin to entrust you. Yep. Right? Like, if you started two months ago, you may not have a lot of freedom. But if you've been faithful for two years or 20 years, the things that I could do in my church now is way different than what I could do 15 years ago. 15 years ago, I'd be like, hey, man, I'm going to go down the street and 
hey, my boy, Pastor Dave, Pastor John. They'd be like, no, you're not. Why are you going? You, you ain't you got some stuff to do right here? But now they're like, okay, yeah, we trust you. We know that you carry the vision in the heart of our church. We know that you're honoring it where you yeah. go. Things like that. So it's not that you have to let something go. Sometimes it's kind of like, what's the dream that Joseph gave, uh, that God gave Joseph? He's like, hey, one day your brothers will bow down. There was a whole lot of stuff in between there in that. But sometimes we're like, no, y'all going to bow down now. Y'all heard, you heard the dream. Bow down now. We're just skipping steps when God's like, again, I would say don't let it go. But it also means don't stop shouting it from the rooftops. Right, like you just you just can't see all the pieces yet. That's right. Right? And if we're being honest, I say this to my youth pastor sometimes. I say, hey, sometimes it's, it, it is the Holy Spirit. And sometimes it's a red bull on an empty stomach. <laughs> right? Like some, you know, you like sometimes you're like, man, I think that was from God. And you're like, oh, I don't I don't think so. That might have been a red bull on an empty stomach. That's good. I'm going to keep moving with more questions. I love that because that goes into our longevity conversation, right? If you don't catch that vision and if you don't keep the longevity to keep shouting, there's so many things that God has placed inside of you that they'll never happen. It just takes that time to get there. That's in our podcast. That was good. How do you balance, like, I don't know the exact question. Is this, in when we're, I don't know if when we're, when we're ministering to people to being relevant or if it's like just what you preach to or whatever, maybe do both like the mainstream, right? All the consumption they can have, you know, everything in culture, music, Netflix, all that stuff, and then the spiritual. How do you leverage it? Maybe how do you speak to it? How do you package it? I, I, I mean, I, I, I think, um, like, I'll, I'll give you this. You have to measure it by the fruit, okay? So what's it ultimately producing long-term in your students? Um, I would say if you're wrestling, if you're wrestling hard on something, you have to measure the potential fruit, you know? So it's like, man, I really want to play this Lizzo song in youth ministry. Oh, I just want to, you have to ask yourself, what's the best case scenario? I'd like to start by asking myself, what is Lizzo? Don't, don't Google it. You'll just get mad. You'll Lizzo. just get mad. You'll look, no. at me like, look at me like what? How many scriptures in the book of Acts can you guys quote right now? <laughs> it's a setup. I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. So, so sometimes these ideas we get to implement. You didn't answer my question. Who's oh. Lizzo? Lizzo is a, is a, she's an artist. Okay. Okay. She's an artist. You know Lizzo? I've heard of her. Yeah. I yeah. know Lizzie. That's my, yeah. my brother's dog. But, but you have to go. It's like, so like implementing a secular song that has a very clear, like meaning that you can't parse. What's your best case scenario? Yeah. And is that worth the fight? What's the best case scenario for the fruit? Well, juxtapose one that's been talked about a lot. I always get referenced as, as the video game guy. Um, but uh, <laughs> I do. But now you go, well, okay. So we implement video games in our ministry a lot. And in the best case scenario, while there are some hurdles we have to sift through, what's the best case scenario? Oh, well, I could create Bible studies around this. I can help. There's filters on games. I can actually say, well, these games are bad, these games aren't. This game with this feature on is actually harmful, but if we teach parents how to turn off proximity voice chat or, you know, or play in streamer mode and they don't have your actual username, there's a lot that we can do there and paint a better picture. So I just think you have to, when, when you're trying to, what's, like, what's your best case scenario you know, of watching that show? Yeah. Best case scenario what? There's nothing else on? Well, and, and if the worst case scenario seems more likely or more harmful than the best case scenarios like outcome, then don't do it. Just don't do it and teach your students not to. Another thing that, that, I, that, um, that I, 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 I try to do is instead of, you know, if you get on there on social media, if you get in front of your students, you say, Disney's bad because Disney's bad and bad and you see, and they're bad, you know? <laughs> All you're going to do is, is, is rad, uh, radicalize the radical and you're going to confuse the confused. And we weren't called really to necessarily do either in the context of teaching truth and, and because a lot of times the radical radicals they're going off of emotion and what their parents said and the political website that gets pumped in their house a lot not necessarily even the truth of Jesus and so our job as pastors is to bring them to the person of Jesus not to the opinion of you know because the world so this is what I'm trying to say what I try to teach students and what I try to look at instead of just demonizing everything this is how I dismiss it I go 
they're just plagiarizing Jesus. Like, yeah, you can go to that person for inspiration, but so like Andrew Tate's this guy, really big into masculinity. And instead of being like, Andrew Tate's bad, you know, like, because I have students who will tell me he's changed my life. And what am I going to do? Say, no, he hasn't. What? Like, Lizzo's songs inspire me. They create an emotional experience. If I just say, Lizzo's bad, they're just going to take what they love, what they feel like has impacted them in a corner away from me. What I can do instead and say, hey, I know that that Lizzo lyric moved you, but you know she's just plagiarizing Jesus. And you know what? She's trying to give you God's values without his vision for your life and, and, and with his vision for your life. And that doesn't, necessarily, that doesn't necessarily work. And then I go, you know those parts you like about what she sings about? Let me point you to somebody who you can listen to or, or, or learn from that is filled with the Holy Spirit and, 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 and has, or maybe they're not even Christian, but they are a lot less toxic than that. And it's just, it's got to be a conversation. Um, and, and so I, I'd say that's a, it, it's a lot of discerning. It's a lot of conversations. On one hand, what I was trying to say in summary is if it's just, if you're thinking about it too much, probably just don't do it. Could I, can I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I was, I was going to give it. I mean, maybe, but I think if we're talking about what Netflix show do you like, what do I, who has a life experience with, because entertainment is a big topic, like, we're not just dealing with where kids are going for advice, the big issue is entertainment, and entertainment, consumption, it's all about consumption, consumption. and entertainment, if you look at any major culture in the world, once they got to a certain level of power, entertainment became the end-all, be-all, same thing that happened with the Roman Empire, the Roman Empire was so drunk on having fun, that they let a much less civilized and organized uh, culture, the Visigoths, take them over because they were just so caught up in having sex, being entertained, the gladiatorial games. They literally lost, they, used to, they went from being the military powerhouse and the technological wonder of the world to getting lost in having fun. And so while, of course, there are very real cultural issues we need to teach them on, what we're trying to help them do is say, I know that was fun, but what's the cost? But we can't just say, what's the cost? We have to help teach them the alternatives. Uh, yeah, what do y'all yeah, think? Awesome. The only thing I would add is don't use it as an excuse so you can hang out and be a part of the culture. Yes. That, don't, don't do, too many people do make that excuse. Oh, yeah, I got to listen to the new Drake album. So I know, it's like, no, you don't. Don't need it. The second thing is you don't have to be someone that you're not. 100%. So I tell my youth pastors all the time, don't try to dress like me. Don't try to act like me. You might think I'm cool. I'm just wearing the clothes that I've always worn. Yeah. Right? Like, I didn't go buy J's because I was in youth ministry. I wore J's and now I'm in youth ministry. And if yeah. the Jordans become uncool and the times they are uncool, then I'm uncool. Yeah, and that's, that's what I was getting at with me in video games. I'm like, don't, I've just always played video games. Now, I think, though, as leaders, though, what we can do is say, even if it's not my thing, how can I empower a leader who carries that how thing? Do we, how we leverage it. And we it. can expand yeah. it. Um, so you don't have to be it, but you can still empower it. And yeah. honestly, you'll have a better shot of empowering it. Like, that's why I actually like that you mock, like, you joke about the terms. You know, and I don't, I use, <laughs> I, I don't know most stuff. Y'all know that the best way you learn is recognizing what you don't know. This is to the creative ones in the room that you have a gift of music or art or design or video or, or ways of expression. Here's what we found. Uh, do you know who started the dance team? Me. In 2012, I started it. I choreographed our first dance ever. It was awful. You know how I did it with? I did it with all, this is awful. I did it with all of our leadership team. Like, like big burly guys that couldn't dance at all. And I had them just do certain moves and stuff like that. And I, I launched it at this Christmas party. And then from there, Miranda, who she's on staff now, she, she runs all the dance side of things. So when we start doing an opener or something, it will start with some crazy idea that's inside of my head, like dirt bikes and fire, all that, right? And so now it's very different than when we started, right? Now it's like, Pastor Luke and my brother in the back that's on the keys and led worship this morning. Like, he's our producer, so he 
and stuff. So he produces all of our music, right? Now I have someone that's like, I like obviously highly gifted in that. Now I have somebody who choreographs now. But when it started, I just, I was like, listen, they're gonna go to their school and they're gonna go do this and here and there and they can join these. What if the church had their own dance team? I would see these like halftime uh, routines. I was just like, sheesh, this is rough. But I had this, what if, what if those girls one day were a part of our dance team? And we could show them that there's not anything actually wrong with dancing. You see it all throughout scripture. But in the way we orient our bodies in public, yeah, that can, that can get rough at times. So we used to do outreaches. Um, we actually got kicked out. We, our Blueberry Festival, the reason we started a mainline huge outreach for us in our city called uh, This Heart Loves, we started that because we got kicked out of the Blueberry Festival. We would go... It's the most Imlay City sentence I've ever heard yes, in my life. Yes. <laughs> this, is, this is no joke. Hey, so like... My wife, I saw her in here a second ago. She might have stepped out. But my wife, when she was 16 years old, I invited her to church at the Blueberry Festival. Thank you, Jesus. That's how we got married. So that's why. But we would do, like, dance routines. We would do, like, drum routines. Like, we used to do human videos back in the day, all that stuff. Then we'd preach the gospel. And and I was preaching. I was talking about the reality of heaven and hell. And they said that I was cussing because I said hell. And they kicked us out. True story. But I'm saying even back in the day when it, it isn't what you see now. We didn't have an LED wall. We didn't have the lights. We didn't have the teams. We started with something, and it evolved over time to today. So this, this is my point. I'm speaking to the creatives in the room. If, if you can sing or you can write music or any of those things, rather than the whole time trying to just make it about don't listen to this or even just let me redirect you to this, what if you empowered them that we could do our own thing? We have our own voice. We have our own way to express. So when we were trying to think of our opener for Keep Us Dangerous, there was no song that we could think of to try to fully express what we were wanting to at the time. So we wrote our own song. And literally, if you were to hear the track that they rehearsed to, it's literally like this. That's literally all it was. It was me like mumbling like that with just like a drum beat, and that's how they wrote all the beats. And then literally, it was this, stop. It was like this. Uh, Got me going. It was like this fake, like, I, with Pastor Luke, I wrote this original hook, and then he took it and tweaked it, and it was this fake, like, like, he, like what would you call it? like, in logic, like the fake choir. It was like, ah, da, da, da. And it was like, it was awful sounding. Yeah, it sounded like Halo, right? Like, like I said, like, keep going. That was great. <laughs> I, I, I didn't actually want you to keep going. Uh, but my point is, like, it got there, and then eventually we went in the studio, and we recorded all the vocals, and we did it all. But you, you start with something is my point. Like, and I just feel like this is a word for some of y'all. Like, why not you guys? Like, why not your church? Why not your ministry? What, like, figure out, like, so for John, like, his, his thing, it, like, is video games, and he's doing it very well. For me, I love music. I love dance. I love uh, production and cues. And, like, that, just, I've always been that way, man, since growing up. When, uh, when Pastor Scott was in my dad's youth ministry, they did like heaven and hell productions. Like I grew up hanging out with the demons and the angels and Jesus and the devil and jumping into hell. And you know, like that's like, if you like remember old school heaven and hell productions, like that's how I grew up. So I still love that. But if I try to do that same thing today, they're going to laugh at me. Right? And all the scripts that would say like they were drinking brewskis. Like, right? If you, if you don't change that script, you're in big trouble. Right? And what we've even learned is like, you can do live uh, drama and production. We've done that for sure. It has to be done tastefully a certain way. But what they really appreciate is film. Everything is about film. Everything's about on their phone, their tablet, their TV. It's all about the screen. So you notice how it even started, the, the first production last night, the opener. It started with film. We just, took, that's all, we just take people in our church and we just train up some teams. And listen, you might start with an iPhone and it might be bad lighting, it might be awful. But I will tell you, it goes from that to what you saw. And I, I don't even think what you saw is the payoff. I think, I think it's us still figuring it out. Yeah. I think we're still learning. But I mean, at least we're better than we were when we started. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like that's a word for somebody in the room. Like, maybe it's less about just don't do this or what if you did this instead. And what if it was more about like, hey, I see how much you love music. I see how gifted you are in this. Why don't you help me? Let's start something that's never been done in this church. Let's start something that's never been done in, in this city. Let's start something brand new. Whatever that is, it doesn't have to be any of the things I just listed, but what if there were, you know, like, you're going to see in this next, for instance, this is what I do when I create things. I figure out what are the talents of the people in my ministry. So I have some great artists. So in this next opener you're going to see, 
You're, it's just a classic, simple dance. But it's not. It's, they're literally just up there dancing. But it's not. So you're gonna, when you see it, you're going to see that the screen element comes on. The whole crowd is going to join in what's happening because I've learned how to get crowds to participate in things. But I started with what are the talents that people can use. Great. You're going to see spray paint art. You're going to see all that. Well, it's just I found out some guys like to spray paint. I found out some people like to start with what's in your group. And then, you know what? I want to use you. And if you, I, I just think that's really important because I just feel like there's, there's such a lack not of creativity, but of the creativity being expressed in ministries. There's a ton of creativity in your ministries. There's just no expression. One of our core values is literally expression invites encounter. We teach them when you dance, you're inviting an encounter. When we worship, you're inviting an encounter. When you express and give to the Lord, you're inviting an encounter. Like you're, you're literally begging God to do something when you express yourself to the Lord. This is my favorite topic, so I'm going to say it quick, and then we'll move on. Why we're here. Um, ow, your spine just hit my thumb. Get off of me. Sorry, I love you. Um, you guys know that my name is Jonathan, and his name is David. You guys are taking it in up and close. This is us. Does that ring any bells? On the daily. I just don't plan on dying loyal to the wrong king, but, you know. Uh, but... But, but, but my dad left when I was six, so I don't have any shot of that. So it's good. Get my heavenly father. Uh, um, just quick hits on that. Um, I love how you said creativity isn't necessarily being expressed. This is a problem we have in the church. Just because it's got a logo and colors and it's digital and there's sound, that doesn't mean it's creative. It just means we, we copied what another church calls creative. And creativity solves problems and it moves people towards a conclusion. Yes. And you need to be creative how you're meant to be creative. Don't worry about what an ale is doing because it looks, it, it, people can tell. Create from what, you, what you've been created to do. Quick, I'm going to give it right back. I struggle with this even in my preaching. I did for years because I'd watch Pastor Stephen preach and he could go up there with no illustration and just preach the devil's pants off and get everybody in the room just like going nuts. And I'm like, I thought it was wrong that I like using illustrations. I thought it was wrong that I'd want to get chained in the middle of a message and do that. I'm just, I just learned there's nothing wrong with it. Pastor Stephen just has his style, and I have my way to express it. Like, this, was, yeah. this is legitimate. Yeah. Like, I would watch Pastor Stephen because he's so phenomenal at communicating. And I'm like, okay, I shouldn't use all this stuff because I, that's how I, no, if I want to get chained up and I want to get set free and I want to, like, yeah. that's what God's called me to do. Yeah. And that's all that matters. Yeah. And I just think one final word on, on that. You said when we create the alternative, I love that. Let's just remember it. It's got to be better. Like you can't, something's not good just because you throw Christian on it. And we've, we've, we've seen a lot of people say, well, it's a Christian movie. It's a Christian song. And it becomes an excuse for a lower quality and standard. And just because the lyrics are quality doesn't mean that the notes and the way that it works and the way that it's worded is. But here's a word for you on better. Better doesn't necessarily mean bigger. And this is a problem right now in our social media world. We think everything we create is for global consumption. But a lot of what we create, especially in church, it's for local expression. Yes. So better in your context, I promise you, one of your students rapping globally, comparatively, probably is bad. But in the context of the culture of your youth ministry, you know that kid's yeah. story. They know yeah. what they wrote. I'm telling you, go off. We, we did this. All, and they'll we, go we, nuts. They'll go like, nuts for it. Yes, Getting the local marching band, the, the cheerleaders yep. of your local schools. Like, just understand that better doesn't, it needs to be better, but better doesn't always mean it's going to go viral on YouTube and Elevation's going to watch our video and be inspired by our church. Don't worry about the internet. You're not called to reach the internet. You're called to serve the local community you're in. So it's got to be better, but better. Uh, man, that local expression hits so different. Good. So good. Okay. How do you, I think this is a, a good practical question. How do you practically allow the seven, right? So Acts chapter six, the seven to serve in the role that they're called to, like they set up that seven while maintaining your vision for the ministry. So like basically uh, you, you want excellence, you want, you know, accountability, you want like whatever you're trying to create. How do you raise up the right people? And maintain that. Uh, my pastor says, if someone can do something 65% as good as you can, yep. you should entrust them to do it. Generally, the last 35% is preference. 
And if you spend all your time and energy on preference, uh, it's hard to give something up. And the way you trust people is, yes, feedback matters, and you should give feedback. But the question is, that goes back to this again, what's the desired outcome? Let's say in your ministry where your church is located, uh, kids don't get a lot of meals. And so at your youth group, you want to feed kids. And you, when you did it, bought pizza. You got the pizza places number, you got the pizza places discount. Kids love pizza. You entrust Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And next thing you know, kids is eating meatloaf and green beans. And you like, that looks expensive. And I wonder, who's been cooking this? We ain't got time to cook food. Who's been doing all that? I wouldn't have done it that way. Here's a question. Did the kids get a meal? Is it, is it the outcome? Now your feedback might be, hey, kids can't run around with a fork and a knife eating meatloaf and green beans. Or is it, oh, no, they were sitting down anyway. And there's a clear difference between, hey, if God empowered them, entrusted them and sent them to you to do that, then you've got to let them do it. It goes back to what Pastor Dave said. He said, hey, I'm not called to preach like Stephen Furter. I'm called to preach. If I try to preach like him, it'd be a wrap. Like, I can't, I can't it, nice skill set, bro. You are on another level. I'm like your biggest fan besides, like, your parents and siblings. My parents aren't a fan, so thank you. Oh. No, I'm just playing. Okay. <laughs> but that's what I would say. If someone can do it 65% as good as you, some people might say 75%. I just like to say 65%. You have to trust and empower them and allow them to do it and give them feedback to make make sure their achieved desired result is there. So if you have a pile of bricks sitting over here and it needs to go over there and you say, hey, I'm empowering you to trust you to get the bricks from here, from A to B. Now they might walk them around the building the long way and you might be like, what are you doing? How, why, why am I seeing these bricks go the long way? And I might be like, yeah, I saw 20 kids over there and they didn't have anything to do and I knew if they took them this way, they'd be done really quick and bored again. So I told them, hey, we need to take these bricks around the building. And so that's why they do it that way. And so oftentimes, we don't even ask questions. We just start belittling people. Wow. Why did it take so long? It's like, well, then give the constraints. Hey, I need the bricks moved over here in the next five minutes because pastor's coming through. I, I don't know what those things are. but So we've got to make sure that we give constraints so people can carry out what God wants our church to do as a mission, but not so much constraints that the constraint is you aren't doing it like me because that's yeah. just preference. That's good. I would just say it's, you can call it the 7-Eleven principle is that Jesus spent most of his ministry pulling 12 guys really close and, they, and only 11 of them were there at the end. And those 11 is what allowed to multiply and empower the seven. And really all that is just saying is you've got to be relationally yoked to, to a layer of leadership beneath you, and you can't just empower. They have, you've got to be their pastor. You've got to still have people that you're not just their boss or their military. Like, you, you've got to have those people. Like, Jesus didn't spend his first three years drawing. He drew crowds, but he wasn't mobilizing the crowds. He's actually, you could make the argument that so much of what he was just trying to do is build that core team, and he spent his three years of ministry doing that. And sometimes we won't even spend three weeks because we're ready to do the thing. Which is why, if you look at even our leadership process, it's a three-year process to, to where you're going to get based upon where you're going to go. I, I want to riff off some things. I want you to give me some honest feedback. I'm okay if we disagree on this. I'm just going to give my thought. I want us to learn because we can kind of think end here. This but, is a mega session, by the way. This is yeah. awesome. This is the yeah. longest leader breakout I've ever been in, but I'm loving yeah. it. Cool. Well, it was because you took off and you flew away last time. Wouldn't we we oh. stayed and prayed and sought the Lord when you left. So. Oh, he means last year. <laughs> last year, yeah. So I know there's a couple questions we're not going to get to. Please, if you submit one, come find us. We'd love to answer it personally because some of these are a little more specific, and I'd like to speak specifically to you. But one of the things that, uh, as Vince was talking, that stood out to me is I want to speak to really just the, like the youth pastor, youth director right now, young adult pastor, young adult director. And this might be a conversation to have with your senior pastor or this might be um, something that you're gonna have with your leaders, is I think a lot of times, what I've been experiencing since we launched We Are One College, is I have 
I have pastors calling me off the chain right now. I need a kid's pastor. I need a youth pastor. Like, they're trying to find, like, you realize, like, there's more vacant positions than there are even people to fill them in ministry right now. People are walking away from the ministry. So, for real, kudos to you that you're even here and you're in this. Like, some of you started in 2020 and, like, launched and stuff, and you're here. Like, that's Curtis. Like, launched his ministry in 2020. He's here. He's still going. He's called. Like, he's not giving up. And so, and that was you, right? You kind of, like, transitioned in that time, too. Yeah, I moved in January But what I'm seeing with a lot of pastors is this, and I, I'm going to be very, um, is facetious the word? I'm going to be, like, a little bit over the top. But this is essentially the call I get. Hey, can you please send me somebody who knows how to do everything so I won't have to train them at all and mentor them or develop them? They need to have every skill possible so I don't have to worry about them and do any work. Like, that is so real, so true. That is like, and I'm like, you know what you're looking for? You're looking for someone who has been in the game this long and finally does know how to lead and does not. But you you want that to be somebody who has no experience and is starting for the first time. Like, that's not fair. So that's one side, I think. The other side, I think, when it comes to training leaders, college students, interns, student leaders, whatever you have, is I look at our, uh, and this is, this is a flaw, I'm being honest with you. I look at our opener, and I, I, I looked quick at YouTube before they processed it for the cut. Uh, and I already have a list of things that we need to grow in. And I knew that was going to happen pre, and here's my, I'm being really honest. I could have gotten the exact result I wanted. I could have said, do this, this is the exact shot I want, make this call, this is exactly, because I know what I'm looking for. And in this case, I'm gonna use the word, and I mean it humbly, but to all the people I'm leading, I'm the professional. No one's done this as long as me, I know how to do this. But instead, knowing we wouldn't hit excellence to the caliber I'm looking for, I let them try some stuff. Now, did the common eye notice it most people know did some maybe yeah you're the ones I was talking to a second ago the creative like you're the ones that God wants to use you to raise some things up but what I will do afterwards is give some feedback and say hey let's grow in this way this is what I'm noticing we didn't communicate well on this hey like for instance the cold spark guy didn't show up till last minute our cold sparks didn't even go off at all the cues they were supposed to like all these little stuff so I'm going to give that feedback Um, And here's what I'd say is if you're a pastor leading leaders or if you're under a senior pastor leading you, if they have this expectation of you, whatever that is, right? They're like, well, I want you to be able to know how to do this. It comes back to, I think, a conversation with them saying, well, are you going to train me to do that? I think as a leader, I'd say this. If, If my leader's underneath me, let's say you talked about this running the soundboard. If I have leaders underneath me that say, I want to grow in production, I don't go, sweet, go figure it all out on your own. I will usually give them a little jump start. Here's kind of how you would start. Here's what I know. And then many of them, if you look at all of our stuff on the LED wall, video, all that, I didn't do any of that. I'll be honest with you. I don't even know how to do a lot of that. Like, they've gone way beyond me. Now, one of our girls, Abigail, she created a lot of the content that you see. When she started, she would come in as a 16-year-old girl every day after school, and she said, I want to come in and just start learning. You know how she started? She'd cut my sermons to go online. Do you know who did it before that? Me. I wanted the gospel to get out. I wanted people to see what, what was happening in our ministry. I wanted people to know they because online is going to be their first look before they actually walk in the door. Yeah. So I knew that years ago. What, how old is Abigail now? 22? 22. So six years ago, and she started that. Now, go look at the LED walls. Not all of it, we have a team that does it, but look at the LED walls, look at the video content. Look, now that's what she's doing. Because she stayed faithful and she came every day after school and she devoted. So when you're building the seven, look for people that are willing to devote themselves to grow, number one. Number two, lower your expectation, like he's saying, it's to 65%, and I'd say this, if you're gonna hit excellence, expect a lot of imperfection to start. Just be willing like, to be like, we're not going to nail this the first try. It could take them time to develop. I think you have to define excellence. I think too many people think excellence is perfection, and excellence is actually bringing the best with what you have. Yes. Yeah. 
And so at the end of the day, if you don't have an LED wall, you can't expect excellent graphics on the back of an LED wall that you don't have. But it'll, it'll push you to get creative because we didn't have an LED wall. We tried to find every single possible way that we could try anything possible without one. Now that we have one, what I tell our team is two things. One, don't be slave to the technology. Make the technology slave to us. Don't just think now because we have this, it's like, oh, this is easy. No, we actually have to be even more creative now to not just become lazy with this thing, number one. I'd say number two with that is I think sometimes when you have too much, I think I see this in leadership. If somebody in leadership makes too much money, they get lazy. I've seen this in ministry positions over and over and over, and they get lazy. I think if you have too much money, either you make an income, or you have in your budget, or you have all the resources, or all that, you don't stay creative. That, so that, that's why I'm such a hard worker? I didn't, I didn't know that. <laughs> that's why we're all such hard workers. But like you get, I think you get lazy. So I think there's something about sticking with that grind to say, I'm not going to expect something out of people that I'm unwilling to train or grind. Like I'm going to learn how to run the soundboard. I'm not going to be like, hey, I don't know how to run it. Somebody figure it out. I'm going to be willing to step in with them. But at the same time, I'm going to be willing to let go at 65% and say, listen, they're going to take it further than me. And then that's where you give feedback and you refine the vision. So is there anything we want to clarify that I just said? Hit on a different angle and, let's, and then we'll end. Excellence. Any, any ending thought? Another way of defining excellence is outcome, effectiveness. It's too often excellence is a ver someone else's version of a standard that you've never actually understood why they said it. Our, our church used to do a conference. We did it for a couple years. Our church doesn't really do conferences either. And it was called Inside Elevation. And we would, it would be similar to this setting just a whole weekend. And our, our pastor stopped it right before pandemic, before we knew the pandemic was happening. Um, because he felt like people were coming to our conference and leaving going, we need orange tents like Elevation. We need the guitar that Pastor Chris Brown has. We need the stage floor they have. And it frustrated him because he said, that's, that's our standard. That's how we do it. But you're missing the heart. You're missing the effectiveness behind it. And what I can say about this team in this house, because I'm so close to them, is when you're hearing him describe the LED wall, you got to understand he's not thinking of measuring up to some standard of a church he saw on Instagram. He's thinking of what's going to happen when the kids walk in. And he's thinking of the last time that a creative opener impacted that kid and it set in chain in, in emotion and it boom, boom, boom. You know, I remember when in my, in my small youth group I got saved in, we had a guy who was a student who made all our videos, Zach Taylor. He went on to intern at Elevation and then he was a motion graphic designer for years at New Spring Church. He's a, and now he does it for like all these famous big companies, you know, legend. And, and I lived 30 minutes away from my church and I would, no one would come to church with me. I was so passionate for Jesus. I could never get anyone. And one day, Jennifer Chow, I got her to come. Senior year, Jennifer Chow came to youth with me. And we're sitting there, and, and, and I'm like nervous. You know, when you bring someone to you know, church, oh, what's, what's the pastor going to say? What's everything? And the, the, uh, the video for summer camp rolled. Now, Jennifer Chow had never been to church ever in her life. The video, Zach made, 16-year-old Zach made this video for summer camp. And I think we, that was when uh, Arcade Fire was, like, huge. Y'all remember that? Like, Arcade Fire, you know, the, those songs is, like, Where the Wild Things Are was on video. So he used all those tracks. And it was a great video, you know, great for them. It was better for them. And she just turns to me before worship started, before anyone preached. She goes, I don't know what that was, but I want to go. She came to summer camp, gave her life to Jesus. And now it's like, but, but that's how we define excellence. Was that, could, could Zach have cut better and did, did, was it deinterlaced footage and did he use a V, you know, did he use a GL2 or a Canon EOS 100 or I don't, I don't know. But guess what? It did what it was supposed to do. It moved kids to summer camp. So some of y'all think that you'd be better if you had more gear. Um, you're wrong. Let me tell you where it costs zero dollars to be excellent. I've been here since Tuesday at like 10.30 a.m. No, I love it. But yeah. the, amount, the amount of Celsius that you've drank to be able to stay alive since then. Yes. Oh, my gosh. First of all, it's really cold here, and I don't know why snow doesn't melt when it's about 32 degrees, but whatever. <laughs> it's a whole, like, I feel like I could preach a whole sermon about that. Like, it's about what's in your heart, not with the sun shining on, something like that. I don't know. We'll see. So here's the deal. This is, this is, let me tell you what I've seen here that I value at a high level of excellence, okay? So you were here last night and you saw 
Uh, Pastor Dave's message. Incredible, well thought out, uh, lots of cues, lots of people working together. The level of thought on that uh, is amazing. And the, the, it's like high excellence. The, the opener, the thought, the tie-in, like everything that you feel, you can tell that people put excellence into it. But here's the thing. It's the heart. Every youth person I talk to who's previously attended this church, every college, every intern, uh, whether it's Pastor Jeff, uh, Rhonda, Matt, Luke, College Luke, who I call Cool Hand Luke, uh, everyone breathes the same heart. And that's a heart for God and to bring their best. I can clearly tell that's a core value. And what their best is, is uniquely different. The level of intentionality that they bring is very high. Now, I can't sing. I told you the only thing I can do is play Spotify. But if I were a part of this house, I feel like, a, like an adopted brother, so I'm going to just be just showing up all the time. But at the end of the day, I feel like I would have to be my breast at playing Spotify. The end of the day, what happens is most people try to emulate things they're not supposed to emulate. Let's work on being excellent in the things that we can all control, like bringing our best, like caring for people, yeah. like being intentional with our time. Yeah. And that's something that this house does very well. Yes, they do a lot of other things well, but the only reason those things look like they do is because the other things that happen behind the scenes that no one knows. The hours that they put in. The, when he said, hey, I could have sent a text that said, fix A. Instead, he heard him say, I said, no, we need God's glory to be honored in this moment in time. The spirit is moving, and that was the outcome results. Do I need to give feedback? Will I later? Yes, that's what he said. That's high. But some people will ignore that in the name of destroying someone, and they're just loving Jesus and worshiping. Like, hey, let me talk to you real quick. And like, yeah, okay, cool. What's going on? Must be an emergency. I was worshiping Jesus. Hey, man, you missed six cues. That's not a heart of excellence. That's very good. That's a heart of perfection and control. At the end of the day, it always points back to Jesus. And there's so many avenues that you can have excellence in. Caring for people is one that I, this house does well. Phenomenal level. You do guys do so many, but I think those things exist and are well done because of that. Interns and college students are bought. Like, I think there was like 20-something billion college, uh, no, internship kids here like on Tuesday when I got here at 10.30 in the morning. I was like, is there no school system out here or something like that? Huh? <laughs> spring break? I don't know what's going on. But you could just see the joy on their faces. You can see the amount of excitement about, hey, like conference, like, hey, even though I'm gonna be behind this, there are people behind the curtains that that's the only place I've seen them the whole time. Mm -hmm. And they paid to be here. Right, that's what I mean. Like they, and it's, you're like, I'm that's going, it's, mind. so I just, there's a lot of talk about excellence. And if you're asking me where the enemy attacks the church recently, it's in the name of excellence. And what the enemy does is it takes something that's a simple tool. Excellence is a tool. It's like the internet. And he just, he just lies about it. It's the devil. No, it's a tool. So if you bring your best with what you have, which is kind of how I define excellence, mm -hmm. we can reach some people for Jesus. That's good. Like, for instance, you may not have an LED wall, but you can start on time. Right? It's bringing the best with what we have. And I just want to say publicly... And honor you and thank you and Pastor Jeff and everyone for the excellence you bring behind this scene that many people here will not see. Yeah. Like even the way I watched you lead rehearsal, and he was very clear. Hey, guys, we're going to do A one more time. If we hit this mark, we are done. If we don't hit this mark, 
we will do it again. But here's the deal. That's clarity and clearly let people know that, hey, at most, we're going to do this two more times. Yeah. Right? He, he, he could be like, we're going to do this a thousand times until it's A, B, C, or D. And some of you will do that. And it won't be right because you're mistreating people and not honoring people's time. Right? You could be more excellent in honoring people's time. And so I just say there's lots of ways to be excellent, and sometimes we just think about it in the shiny things that we see. Yeah. And we need to think about it in the things. There's so many other ways to be excellent, between honoring people's times and the way we treat people. Again, so good, love you, bro. Man. Thankful for you. I love you, man. Uh, I just feel like you got the anointing on that right now, man. I want you to just pray that. Whatever is on your heart, we'll close. We'll pray that into them. Uh, Father, we... Uh, Love you and thank you, God. We thank you for the We Are One Conference, God, and for every single person that's behind the scenes, God, those that we've seen, those, God, that we haven't seen, God. We thank you for all the lives that are being changed, God. Right now as we speak, God, in free time, I know there's someone out there praying for someone else, God. They're loving on people and caring for people, God. I thank you for each and every church, God, that's represented here, God. I pray that, Father... As they go out, God, back to wherever you've called them to, God, that, Father, that they, they would have a heart to reach people for you, God, that they would be dangerous, yeah. God, that they would do dangerous things, God, and that they would realize, Father, that every opportunity you've placed before them, God, is an opportunity to increase the population of heaven and bring yeah. heaven to earth, God. So, Father, I thank you. I give you the praise. We give the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Will you honor these guys just one more time? Love y'all.